and welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. I'm tonight's co-host, Erica Nebit, a senior from Queens studying neuroscience, and I will be an RA in the residential college at Broome. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host, and I'm the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. First of all, Broom Street. Tell me about what it's like to be an RA in a really special place in terms of residential college, and how do you think that differs from experiences with other RAs? So I, I absolutely love it there. This is actually my third year living in Broom, so I guess I don't know a lot about what goes on in the other up, upperclassmen dorms. I think Broom is amazing just because there are so many opportunities to really get involved, and you really get to know the people who are living there, who are working there. It really allows us to build an amazing community. Now, are you are you involved in a stream or with Hall Council, or what's your... Sp- Yes, so I have the Hall Council collateral, so I'm the RA liaison for Hall Council, which is pretty exciting because I was actually president, president. of the Hall Council last That's year. Right. So I'm really excited to work with them and, you know, do great things and help other residents, you know, grow as leaders in our community. Great. Neuroscience, what was the impetus for you to want to go into that as a field study? So I actually ended up, I started out back in high school. My senior year, I took a neuroscience class, and I just took the class because I really liked the professor who was teaching it, and I didn't know what to expect, but completely fell in love with the topic right away. So when I came to NYU, I was pretty sure that that was what I wanted to do, and then during my first year, I took a bunch of intro science classes, and I missed the neuroscience that I had done in high school. So I went down that track, and I don't regret it for a second. Fantastic to hear. And especially in your senior year, we don't want to hear you feel like, uh-oh, yeah. wrong way. Good for you. And tonight's guest has a little bit of a connection in terms of the pre-med kind of thinking. So who's our guest tonight? So today our guest is Priyanka Chug, who served as an RA in Third North for Chris Stippick, Will McGrath, Siobhan Martin, C.J. Barnes, Stephen King, Kat Monaco, and Sharmila Prasad during the 2011 to 2013 academic years. Welcome, Priyanka, and thank you for joining us on today's show. It's really a pleasure having you on. Um, Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So how are you and where are you? I'm doing great. I just had a long day at work, but doing great. Uh, And I am in Boston, Massachusetts. Why don't we jump back, Priyanka, to your time at Washington Square. What did you um, study and what were you involved in? So I was a psych major when I was at NYU, and I minored in a lot of things, uh, in chemistry, child adolescent mental health studies, and public health and policy. And I was involved in mostly res life things, actually. Um, As a freshman, I was involved in the Third Avenue government tag. Then I did NRHH, and then I was an RA. Uh, And outside of res life, I was mostly involved in alternative spring breaks. So every year I went to West Virginia to volunteer at the uh, Patch Adams Gesundheit Institute. Sounds great. Seems like you were really involved while you were here. Out of all of those things that you did, which one was your favorite? I think, and I'm not saying this because we're on an RA podcast, (laughs) but I think being an RA was definitely my favorite. I think it was a really cool experience. I think a lot of people don't really get to have that kind of role when they're in college. And I think, you know, even talking to people after college who were RAs at their institutions, the way we are RAs at NYU is very different. And I think it's, it's really cool. You know, we get to do programs we get to engage with the residents we get to like 
be educational too on top of all that and I think that that was like a huge building time for me so um yeah I think definitely being an RA was my favorite what what made you apply for the role Priyanka going back in the day obviously hall council probably played some role but but what was the motivator for you it was definitely my freshman RA Candace she was amazing she was a really great like mentor role model for me as a freshman she made us all feel really welcome from the first moment that we got to NYU and I think you know in the beginning I was sort of struggling trying to find like you know my place and where I fit in at NYU and she encouraged me and my roommate Alexa who we both ended up being RAs at Third North but she encouraged us to join TAG and I think, you know, kind of helped us find our place and where we fit in. And, you know, I still stay connected to her you know, to this day. But I think that I wanted to have that impact on freshmen the way that she did for me. So what skills did you gain in the role and how do you feel like you've been able to use those skills since? Oh, a lot. Uh, I think I learned, well, first of all, how to be responsible. I mean, just basically to take ownership, to be the person that people come to when they have a question or, you know, when they're trying to figure themselves out and to be able to be that, you know, have an answer for them or try to find an answer for them and be responsible for other people. I think that was a really big growing period. And then I think uh, organization and time management were another really, you know, good skills that I learned. I think I still struggle sometimes with time management, but, uh, you know, it was the first time that I felt like I had almost like a full-time job in addition to being in school and doing extracurriculars and took a lot of fine balance, but it was good to kind of practice that as a student. And then I had a lot of crafting skills for making bulletin boards. Third, I don't know if you know, but Third North bulletin boards, it's it's serious business. So, There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of them and it is a lot of work. So I, I got good at crafting, which has actually helped me uh, in surgery residency, which I wouldn't expect, but wow. it did. <laughs> So Third North, like all our residence halls, have a really unique community feel to them that are individual and different from each other. What was that spirit that you felt that existed at Third North? I think, you know, Third North, despite being huge, being like the, I forget what it is, the biggest residence hall or something like that. I know, um, you know, the biggest freshman residence hall or whatever it is, it it has a really homey feel. Uh, and I think that that's in part just because the RAs, at least when I were there, were all so close knit. We were all really good friends. We all planned programs with each other across towers, across floors. You know, we had our the C3 in the basement um, where we all would come down and kind of have a lot of, you know, activities and things like that together. And then the courtyard space on top of that, where we pretty much spent any warm day uh, and even cold days, snowball fights, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> Definitely, you know, at, like had an amazing com- like camaraderie to it. And I really felt like that. Plus, you know, we had such great professional staff and FFIRs in the building that really, you know, built that for all of us. So what was it like to work on a staff at NYU? It was great. I think, you know, Third North is a big staff, but it is we, we were all really great friends. And I think that it was like almost a built in friend group, you know, when we're all so busy all the time, we come home and we know that like our group of friends are there and that we'd have staff meeting and we'd all get to see each other. And that, you know, in addition to being there for each other, like as friends, I knew that they were always there if I had a problem or if I was even running into something personally or, or professionally kind of in the RA setting, I knew I could always call like the person on the floor above me or below me and be like, hey, I need your help with X, Y, and Z thing. And there'd always be someone there. So um, I don't think that's a feeling that you really get in any other job. I think, you know, 
being an RA where you all live together and work together is like actually a really unique and awesome experience. Yeah, I, I agree. And we hear that often. T- tell me a little bit about the number. I mean, you had a lot of professional staff with a lot of transition. How does one deal with transitions with supervisors and styles? And how did you approach that? I, I always love alums to give advice to current RAs. And we have some transition going on now with a couple of empty positions. How did you approach that change? Yeah, I think it's it's tough. I think especially when, you know, for ours, I believe they kind of happened over a summer. So, you know, we were all with one group in as like my junior year and then senior year was a little different. And it's hard because you feel so much ownership over the hall and over the rest of the staff because you've all been there together and you've all connected so much. And you're like, no, this is how we do things. And this is like, you know, this is what we do at Third North. And then the new person comes in and they have, you know, the way they did things or the way they want to do things. And I think the biggest thing is to just be humble to that fact, just be that, you know, okay, the way we did things might not be the best way or might not be the only way. Um, So to just kind of listen to what your leadership is suggesting. And then I think also being open to like very politely and professionally giving your feedback too. And I think it was really great. We had such a great collaborative relationship with our professional staff. And I felt like, you know, if there was an idea that we had or we thought, oh, maybe we can do this differently in the resource center, or maybe we can do this or that, we would just bring it up and they'd be pretty open to that. So I think it's it's a two-way street. You know, I think you have to be really respectful and, and understand that everyone's coming from their own background. Um, but in the end, you know, your goal is to make the best experience for your residents and for your staff and your team. So kind of coming into things with that mentality, I think really helped. And then on top of that, we had um, Charmilla was there throughout as our resource center manager. So she was awesome and kind of our rock through the through the whole thing and all the changes. So I think, you know, kind of finding your person and, you know, having that person guide you through things is, is really helpful, too. It makes a big difference. Let's start the transition into you graduate. What was that feeling like? And then how maybe you can go in a little bit about what you're doing today. Graduating is scary. (laughs) It is very scary to leave your little bubble. And I I think I very much think about this a lot is like, it was my NYU bubble. It was my third North bubble. These are my people. I kind of, you know, knew what was going on there. I was very, very comfortable. And then you leave and suddenly you're like, whoa, my family at home is like my third North family is all dispersed. My residents are all moving on, you know, that sort of thing. So it was, it was very scary to graduate. I think You know, I actually started grad school the week after graduating from undergrad. So I didn't have a huge time to linger on that feeling. It was literally just a week. And then I moved uh, to Maryland to do a master's in biotechnology. And so for me, it wasn't such an abrupt transition. I think, you know, I went from school to more schools. So it was just kind of finding a new group. But it was hard, um, especially I feel like at NYU, a lot of people stay in New York after they graduate, at least for a little while. And so I was one of the only people from my friend group who was leaving the city. So that was also tough. But, you know, especially now we have FaceTime, we have the Internet. It's easy to keep in touch. And I think, you know, just actively doing that made it a little better. So how come you went on to do a master's after you graduated? So I didn't really feel totally ready to apply to medical school straight out from undergrad. I was a pre-med. I was on the pre-med track throughout, but I think I just felt like I needed a stronger base in science. I felt that I I had just done the basic pre-med courses. I didn't do any extra science courses on top of that. And I just, you know, kind of wanted to strengthen that a little more before applying. So 
I uh, did a master's in biotechnology at Johns Hopkins in Maryland. And that I felt like really gave me a better science background because there's so much in medical school that you have to know. And it just made me feel a little more comfortable. Plus, it gave me time to take the MCAT after. And then I worked for a year um, as a medical scribe. So essentially doing all the documentation for physicians in an emergency room. And those experiences, I think, were I will honestly say like they were like life changing. Like they they made me much more prepared to go to medical school. And I'm actually so glad I took that time. But it was really my my discomfort just as a senior. You know, I was like, I am not ready to do this yet. So I, I need a little a little more time. Is is that whole a kind of gap experience, in your case, a master's degree and then a year working, do you find that with your colleagues in, in school, med school now, kind of consistent or is it kind of all over the place? I, I ask that question as we kind of think about our pre-med students here and, you know, they've got nine months, 10 months to kind of make decisions or go down parallel tracks as they're making decisions. Yeah, I think a lot of people are taking time off now. Like I think, I don't know the numbers for sure, but I know with my class, there were there were a large majority of people who had taken one, two upwards of, you know, some people had come back after decades away. So I think that that's actually becoming a little more of a trend of people taking time to either work or do another degree or something before going to medical school. And I personally actually think it's a great idea. I think medical school is tough. And once you get onto that track of medical school, then residency and whatever, you don't really get another break. You don't really get another time to explore something else or to figure out if this is really what you want or, or anything like that. Once you're in there, you're very committed to it. I think if you're if you're a senior and you're saying like, yeah, this is definitely for me and I feel ready, then totally go for it. But I think for anyone who might be unsure or, you know, want a little more time, it won't hurt you as long as you do something productive during that time. I think a lot of people get masters in public health or um, things like that or work um, just to kind of figure it out. And now that you're in medical school, what specialty are you focusing on? Yeah, so I am doing general surgery. I graduated from medical school just this past year, and I started here in Boston a few months ago and doing general surgery residency and thinking about pediatric surgery in the long run, but we'll see. (laughs) What is a normal day for someone, uh, a doctor, doing this work? What's it like? I mean, is it a, you know, maybe you can kind of walk through, and again, it's a normal day. Uh, You know, I'm sure you have abnormal days. Maybe the abnormal (laughs) days is your day uh, in terms of beginning time, end time, and and that kind of thing. Yeah, so it it actually kind of varies. When we do residency, we're, uh, you know, it's kind of a stepwise like hierarchy and training. So I'm in my first year as an intern. And in general surgery residency as an intern, your main job is to take care of the patients who are admitted to the hospital on the floor. So we do get to go help out and assist in surgeries here and there, but our primary job is to take care of the patients who are on the floor either before or after surgery. And then as you kind of advance in your years in residency, then you're job sort of shifts more to the operative stuff so going into the OR and things like that and then after you graduate from residency then you become an attending surgeon and your day kind of is both of those things and so for me right now I wake up somewhere in the four o'clock hour Um, yeah (laughs) early (laughs) very early Uh, and then I get to the hospital we sign out from the night in turn, we get kind of information about our patients and how they did overnight. We we meet to do that at 5.30 every morning. So we 
kind of meet, get some information from them. Then we go see all the patients with the rest of our team. And then if we're assigned to go do surgeries that day, then we go. If not, we kind of just check on the patients, see what things they need, you know, give them whatever medications they may need, that sort of stuff for the day. Uh, and then we sign out back the, to the night intern at 5.30 in the evening. So 5.30 to 5.30 is our usual day, sometimes more or less, depending on, you know, how busy it is. Mm-hmm. But Helpful. that's pretty much <laughs> All right, Priyanka, it's been great talking to you so far. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to jump into your current role and your experiences working as a doctor. Sounds great. Hey, what's up? It's Keith Haskell here. Sorry to interrupt your amazing podcast, but I have something cool to plug. I'm part of a new public access show. It's called Chris Gethard Presents. Uh, It's on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. It's comedian Chris Gethard from uh, HBO and Broad City and many other awesome things invites a different comedian uh, to take over the show every single week. So I did episode two. My episode's called Fetch the Talk. Uh, And if you just Google Chris Gethard Presents, you'll see all of it. Uh, We're live every Wednesday at 11. There's an audience, so, so come on down if you want to come and support it. It's cool. Welcome back, Priyanka. So you've told us a little bit about the entry point of where you are today. Maybe we could take a little step in terms of the whole approach for the MCATs. Uh, How did you approach that? And was it as daunting as everyone I hear tells me it is? It is. It's tough. (laughs) I I will not deny that. I took time off after college um, to do my master's and to work. And during that time is when I pretty much studied for the MCAT. The master's program that I was in actually enrolled us in a class. So we all, everyone who was in that program took an MCAT class together. Basically the preparation for this test, in my opinion, the best way to do it is just practice, practice, practice. I think people spend a lot of time reading and studying and that sort of thing. And of course you need to understand the material, but that's what you did the pre-med classes for. So your goal when you're like doing your MCAT specific studying is to just do as many practice questions and practice tests as you can possibly do. And that definitely translates into medical school. So if you get in the habit of doing that when you're studying for your MCAT, it'll make studying in med school so much easier. Not that it's easy, but easier. (laughs) Since I took it to now, I believe the test is much longer now. (laughs) I heard they added on sections after I took it. Um, But the length that it is now is kind of the length of our exams in medical school. So again, it's just kind of getting you in preparation for that. And I think in terms of the test itself, bring snacks. (laughs) That's all I can say. (laughs) That's good advice. Um, What was it like to transition from student to physician surgeon? It's interesting. I think when you're a student, your, your primary goal is to learn and you're trying to, you know, take in as much as you can, especially, you know, in medical school, we spend two years in the hospital, you know, basically seeing patients ourselves, but kind of working with the residents and the attendings to take care of them. And, you know, when you're in that role as a medical student, your goal is to learn as much as you can from that patient and and do what you can for that patient. But then when you transition to being a resident and then an attending afterwards, you take on a lot more responsibility. You have to, you know, place orders. You have to decide what medications the patient's going to get, whether you give them fluids, whether you give them this, that, whatever. So I think that that first switch was very hard. I think when I first started residency a few months ago, I, I really struggled with that. I think I was like just getting this mental fatigue of having to make decisions all day long. And I had never really experienced that before because, you know, 
they always make this joke about interns and and starting off in residency that we freak out even over ordering Tylenol, which Mm. patients, anyone can go to the grocery store and get Tylenol, right? (laughs) But, or to the pharmacy, but we just overthink everything because you are for the first time, the one who's deciding all these things about a patient. And, you know, in residency, you're, you're not the final person who makes a decision. There are your senior residents and your attendings who are looking over your shoulder, kind of watching what you're doing, but you know, there's opportunities there to do great things for patients, but to also harm them. So I think, you know, that transition and, and having that knowledge in the back of my head was was a big, big difference. Other than that, you know, transitioning from being a third and fourth year medical student to being a resident is not huge in the other ways. You already see patients and that sort of thing, but it's it's the decision making, I think, that was tough. You, you talked about the hours that you work, and you know your whole life you've been a very involved person. How do you take care of yourself? We talk a lot about that to the RAs, self-care. And I do believe that if you can create a routine earlier in your life and try to stick to it and, and learn those lessons, it can benefit you long-term. How about for you, Priyanka? What, what do you do and how do you take care of yourself? I totally agree with that. I think, you know, self-care is is so important and also so different for everyone. I think a lot of times I feel like, you know, there's especially in medicine too, there's a big discussion about wellness and and, and focusing on yourself and cuz a lot of us are just people who give of everything. That's kind of our nature and what brought us to medicine. And so it's hard to kind of stop and be like, no, I actually need to take care of myself. So I think for me, the biggest thing that has been very helpful is creating boundaries. And as an RA, that's hard. I remember that because you live where you work. And, you know, here, even in medicine, I live so close to the hospital. I keep thinking about my patients and that sort of stuff. And I think creating a boundary where you're like, okay, this is like, my time for me and not my time for my patients, I think is very important. So what I try to do is when I come home from work, I just kind of disconnect from, you know, looking up my patient's information in the chart to make see how they're doing, that sort of stuff. I think people can get really intensely sucked into that. I just have to accept and acknowledge that the person who's taking care of them tonight is just as competent as I am. And I think it's, it's really creating that distance is important uh, and hard. So once I do that, which is hard sometimes. I, you know, like to just kind of watch TV and hang out. Um, I really, you know, I get a lot of energy just from being by myself and doing things on my own. Staying connected with family, I think, and friends from back home and from college has also been really important. Just having people outside of your immediate sphere who can kind of hear you and, and hear what you're going through, but are not immediately involved in it. And I think that that related to being an RA too. I think, you know, again, where you live, where you work. So having people outside of that is is really helpful. So once you take a step back away from the hospital, what kind of activities or hobbies do you like to participate in? I, oh, I like a lot of things that, <laughs> that I don't really have that much time for. I love boxing. That's my hobby that I have not found a boxing gym in Boston yet. So if anyone has a boxing gym in Boston recommendation, <laughs> I will take it. But I like to do that. That's pretty much my physical activity that I enjoy. I like music. I really like going to movies by myself. I think that it's a really cathartic thing to go and sit there and eat a big tub of popcorn by yourself and (laughs) not talk to anybody. So yeah, mostly just hanging out with friends, that sort of stuff. Outstanding. Now it's time for you to do some shout outs to your alum friends, people who made an impact on you during your time as a resident assistant or as a student here at NYU. Yeah, so I there's a lot of people who, who've made an impact on me. I think first my my freshman year RA, like I mentioned before, Candace, she was awesome. Uh, she and was. then my RA, she's 
yeah, she's so great. And then my RA staff and including Alexa, who we were sweet mates as freshmen. And then we went through all four years together, became RAs together. Alexa Sachs, we still are very close. Michelle Dominguez, Hannah Crane, Kate Forsyth, AJ Smith, Delaney Simmons, all of them. We were all on staff together. Uh, and I think the other great thing about being an RA at NYU is that all the halls are so very interconnected. So I had a lot of friends in other halls too. Nikita Kamath, Hunter Chancellor, Shelly and Fantolino, Alicia Gooden, all them. They're, it's such a great community of people. And then I cannot forget our amazing FFIRs from Third North, uh, Mosette Broderick uh, and Joe Salvatore. They have been such amazing role models for me and I'm very grateful to know them. Any specific programs with the FFIRs that stood out to you? Because they were oh. fantastic. No question. Amazing. Yeah. Mosette. I, so Mosette was the FFIR on my floor. So we actually got really close and she would do these amazing, this culture through food series where we would go out to different restaurants all around the city and try out different cuisines from around the world and not just eat the food, but kind of talk about the culture too. We do a little research and all that sort of stuff. Those were definitely my favorite with her. And then with Joe, Joe did Project Pay Attention and he kind of got a bunch of us involved in it as RAs basically the whole um, project he created was to help essentially, you know, and when people were in a time, a tumultuous time of life around that time when there was a lot of issues with bullying and mental health. And he created this campaign to get people to think more about what they say before they speak. And so it was a big project that we, we helped him with. We kind of did some fun campaigns around the building where we put signs up everywhere, telling people to pay attention, kind of marketing scheme like that. But it, I think that, you know, made an impact on a lot of people. And it was a really great thing to be a part of. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, Priyanka, now it's time for our speed round. What's your favorite NYU tradition? Welcome week. <laughs> did you go abroad? <laughs> no, I didn't. I wish I did, but I did not have the time. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? One time I was going to Saturday morning chemistry lab, which was horrible. And I, I almost crashed into Kelly Ripa, which is really funny because we both actually went to the same high school. Not oh. at the same time, but we wow. went to the same high school. Yeah. Pretty cool. A Broadway show you went to see as a student? I know we went to Anything Goes. We went to Phantom of the Opera. We probably went to others that I just don't remember now. <laughs> a guilty pleasure while at NYU. Late night palm freaks. <laughs> oh, nice. Best NYC place to hang. Okay. We found this place by accident. <laughs> Trump Tower by the by Central Park. It has a free public garden that I don't think anybody really knows about. So we one day just kind of came across it while we were looking for a bathroom and <laughs> just kind of kept going back there. I mean, I know you're so close to Central Park, you could just go into Central Park, but there's outlets here so we could charge our phones. So Trump Tower Gardens. <laughs> Outstanding. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? I think I kind of already said it. I think the um, dinners with Mosette, I think those were those were probably uh, the dinners and walking tours. If mm. anyone ever gets a chance to go on a walking tour with Mosette Broderick, you have to go. She knows everything about everywhere in New York and can tell you what the weather was like on the day that something was built. And it's it's incredible. And I think I probably would have failed her class if I took it because she knows too much. But it's amazing to learn from her. Um, so I think that at all of my experiences with her were probably my favorite. And not only New York, she knows everything about London, too. She does a summer class for NYU <laughs> over there as well. Yeah. So I, I would agree. Oh, how yeah. great. 
Priyanka, thanks so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the Dream School alumni version life. Priyanka, thank you so much. And I also want to give you a shout out for your work with the alums at NYU when you had time. I don't know how you fit it in, but you really did connect and continue to. And we loved seeing you at the alumni event. We'll have another one next year at the same time in Third North, inviting all RAs. And uh, so thank you so much and continued great success to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Special thanks to my engineer, Colin McRae. Executive Director Duncan Lemieux and Executive Producer Shahara Ranasang. And to the current professional staff and the alum staff, Will McGrath, Chris Tippick, CJ Barnes, Stephen King, Kat Monaco, Siobhan Martin, and Shamila Prasad, who have assisted these great RAs in skill acquisition along the way. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on the newly unveiled NYU RA alumni website at www.where-ra-now.webflow.io backslash, which lists RA favorite books, picks of all-time favorite RAs, alumni accomplishments, and ways to be mentored. Also, note that we have an alumni event coming up on Saturday, October 26th from 4 to 6 p.m. We hope all the alums come back for it. Until next time... Go out there and write your book.